0: Good morning, church. <laughs> Sounds lovely when you say that. Thank you, Jeff, especially. Um, let's see. we got so much going on. This week's been a huge week here at the church. We started off with our campaign, stewardship uh, campaign, the Courageous Journey, Courageous Journey Guides or the Stewardship Campaign Cabinet, um, depending on who you are and how you want to refer to them. Uh, we did training this week. Some people were here 3 nights this week and man it was it was a lot, but it was it was great. It was a lot of fun and um, and I know we learned a lot and we got off to a good start with the uh, courageous journey. And so this morning, I want to just before we get into the sermon, want to introduce them to you. Uh, there's an insert in your bulletin that's got everybody's names and even a picture, but if you are on the stewardship campaign cabinet, will you stand up so people can see you and see who you are? Yes, good. We got a whole bunch of you, Woo! and this isn't all of them. Um, you guys can go ahead and be seated, but we do want to pray for them. And I wanted to let you see them because they are going to be asking you to help. They, they just will, and you, it would be good for you to be emotionally prepared and prayed up and decided to just say yes, absolutely, I'm going to serve, and I, because I'm excited about what's going on here at the church. So. Um, Let me take some time, and if you will join with me in praying for them, Uh, this whole journey started as a result of praying in the church and the congregation, and and as we go through, it's going to be about continued and sustained prayer, and so let's just continue with that right now. So if you'd bow your heads with me, I'd appreciate that. Gracious Lord, I thank you for each and every individual who has uh, volunteered to serve within our campaign cabinet as a courageous journey guide. And Lord, we pray for them as they start into a a bit of a marathon of ministry from now until about April and May. And Lord, I just thank you for their willingness to be a part of this. Father, I I pray for them, for their families, for their marriages, that you would strengthen them, that they would uh, find this very rewarding as they serve you in a new and, and different capacity, and that you would bless them. Lord, bless the church. Bless this entire journey that we're taking uh, Lord, we're, we're doing this for you. We really want you to be glorified in it. So, uh, Lord, direct all of our steps and all of our words as we go. And, Lord, open up our own hearts uh, and our own minds to being willing to serve and partner uh, in this courageous journey, however you would lead each of us individually to do that. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. And I'd love for you to keep praying uh, for them throughout this. Uh, that's why we gave you their names there in... Uh, in the bulletin. All right, we are continuing on. Committed families. One hour, 168 hours in a week. This one hour in church. This one hour committed to God. Not quite enough to make a committed disciple out of our children. Not quite enough to make a committed marriage. Not quite enough uh, to to make ourselves as committed disciples to God. It's going to take a little bit more this morning, uh, we're going to talk about kids, and this is for everybody that has parents. So, I'm, I'm going with it's most of us here today, except maybe, well, no. And, I mean, I think we're all, we're all in that boat. We've all got parents, and at times, maybe we've felt different ways about them. But, but Proverbs has a lot of things to say uh, about parents and, and being children Proverbs is a collection of what we might term today in modern vernacular as best practices. These are sort of divine best practices, okay? These aren't necessarily promises. It doesn't say, if you do this, then you are guaranteed that this will happen. It says, if you do this, then likely this will happen. So one of the verses we often talk about is, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. Well, if you train up a child in the way they should go, likely they won't, but it's not a guarantee, although it is a best practice, because if you're not doing that, then they don't stand much of a chance of not departing from it later in life. And so uh, as we come here this morning, we're going to look at a few more of these Proverbs, a few more of these sayings, uh, best practices for life, if you will. And, and you get the feeling, particularly in chapter 1, that, that Proverbs is being written to uh, maybe the proverb writer's son. And he's saying, you know what, Son? I really want you to to grasp this. Uh, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8 through 9. He says this He says, Hear, my child, your father's instruction, and do not reject your mother's teaching. Now, now why does the proverb writer have to say that? Don't, Don't all children hear their father's instruction? Don't all children not reject their mother's teaching? Well, maybe he says that because we naturally don't accept our father's instruction and we don't naturally accept our mother's teaching. Maybe this is not a new phenomenon, but rather an old. And so the Proverbs writer, the father is saying to his son, he's saying, Listen, if you want to live a good, sound life, hear, my child, your father's instruction. Do not reject your mother's teaching, for they are a fair garland for your head and pendants for your neck they're like it's it's like wearing a crown it's like wearing a crown and having a a a great chain around your neck that's decorative and expensive and valuable and yet you talk to a lot of children maybe even the teenage years i I, i'm told get particularly difficult um where they say this isn't a, a a necklace or a chain of honor it's like a it's like a leash it's like a dog collar you're not decorating me it's not a crown you're holding me back and it might feel that way but the proverbs writer says no 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 listen hear the instruction don't reject your teaching because they are a fair garland for your head and pendants for your neck this is a truth a timeless truth that is proved as you get older in life, I know that the older I get, the more I appreciate my parents and my dad is here this morning. Mom's been a little sick, but I appreciate my parents a lot more the older I get. And, and I start to see that some of those teachings that maybe felt, you know, different or restrictive or whatever, when I was much younger. Don't feel that way now. They, they feel like wisdom and they feel like life. And, and you get the sense that this Proverbs writer is writing to his son and he's saying, listen. You know, when I was your age, I, I rejected my father's teaching and I had to learn some of those lessons the hard way. If you will listen to these teachings from your father, from your mother, they will give you life. They will help you to, to live well in the way that God has prepared for you. And yet the problem is that, you know, we go through what, and I know I've talked about this before, we go through this, what I, I term the subjective, you know, human um, intelligence bell curve. You know, you start somewhere... You know, as an infant here, and then it's a precipitous increase. About the time you're 18 or 19, you reach the top of the curve. And it's always fun for me, like the first Sunday of the summer, when all of the college freshmen come back, and they're there at that pinnacle of human intelligence at like 18, 19 years old, that subjective perspective. They're going, I am... The most intelligent i 've ever been in all of life, and they start to look down from the top of that that curve, the top of the precipice of the summit of human intelligence at nineteen, and they look down at all of these stupid people they 're <laughs> surrounding, surrounding the foot of their mountain, and there 's their parents they 're dragging their knuckles and they 're just shuffling along. In their bathrobe and they're drooling, and you you wonder how did these people make it? How did they live? How did they give birth to such an an Einsteinian intelligence as myself? How? What happened? Maybe I was adopted. You know, you start to go. You, you start to have these things because you're here and they're there. But then something happens as you get older. You, you start to realize you're not as smart as you thought you were. You, you become dumber. And you come down. You descend the bell curve. And it's a fairly quick drop back down to the bottom as you get your first job. And then you get, you know, maybe like you get married. And then you start to have kids and you start to go, wow, they, they had it right. And you start to come back to Proverbs 1 and they go, yes. They are a fair garland and penance for your neck, but you miss it. And so today, I guess the message is this, is that we can gain years of experience by listening to our parents. And so I want to talk to all of the kids, big and little and young and old together. And I want to use Proverbs 23, 22 through 25 as as a guide for our, our thoughts this morning. Here's the verse. It says, listen to your father who begot you and do not despise your mother when she's old. By truth and do not sell it by wisdom, instruction, and understanding. The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. He who begets a a wise son will be glad in him. Let your father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. We see here essentially three movements of what I think are probably normal human experience. The first is where we listen to our parents. The second is where we start to seek truth and wisdom for ourselves. And then the last part is where we live righteously rewarded. But that first part there is to listen. Proverbs 23, 22 through 25, we've underlined this first part here. Listen to your father who begot you, and do not despise your mother when she is old. Uh, scripture is, is abundantly clear that your parents have great advice for you. They do. Your parents have really great advice for you. Hear this, everybody. Hear this. They have great advice for you. Particularly if you are in that high school, junior high, college age, hear this. Your parents really do have good advice for you. And here's why. Nobody knows you better. Really, nobody knows you better. Nobody's spent more time with you. Nobody has, has knows who you are better than they do. Nobody loves you more. Nobody does nobody has spent as much time with you, and so nobody appreciates you as much as your parents do. Nobody has more invested in you. You know the cost of raising a child today, according to the usDA, is somewhere in the neighborhood of two hundred and forty five thousand dollars uh, three hundred and forty dollars you add that there to the end two, two hundred and forty five thousand three hundred and forty dollars that 's the right way to say that, and that doesn 't include college okay that 's before. You know, you pay that and then you get to pay it again if you're going to you, you know, send them off to school. That seems to be how it's working. And, and so nobody knows you better. Nobody loves you more. Nobody has more invested in you. There, there isn't a, a best friend, a girlfriend, or a boyfriend that will ever touch the amount of investment that your parents have put into you. Not only that, but your parents have more experience And will always have more experience than you, and that experience can guide you. Proverbs chapter six, verse twenty through twenty-two says this: My father, or my child, keep your father's commandment, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always; tie them around your neck. Well, what happens if I take my parents' instruction, their experience, with me? Well, the proverb says this: When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. And when you awake. They will talk with you. In other words, if we take to heart our parents' experience and teaching, then they will guide us as we make our own decisions and choices in life. Now, I know that some of you are here and you're thinking, you know, I I heard that first part, Proverbs one, parents' teaching is a fair garland, and you're going, you know, that's that's maybe generally true, but it's not true of my parents. You know, I've my parents were difficult; They, they weren't Christ followers, or maybe. Maybe you had a parent who was just plain evil. And, and unfortunately, in the world we live in, we know that that's the case. And, and so what do we do when there's a parent whose instruction is not a, a fair garland? Well, first and foremost, we have to examine their word with God's word and then learn from their experience. Because not all parents will lead you closer to Christ or, or closer to truth. Kyle Eidelman, in, in their video series, um, Not a Fan, tells the story. And I know some of you have been through it, so you might remember uh, he recounts getting a call from a man uh, who said his mother wanted to meet him. And, and Kyle had been working with this guy and, and praying with this guy and discipling this guy. And he'd known what a radical change this man's life had taken. He'd, this guy had been in some really dark stuff and really self-destructive kinds of behavior, and his life was just really a mess, and he'd come into the church, and he'd received Jesus, and now he was gung-ho, and he was in a Bible study, and he was serving in a men's service group, and, and he was even you know, tithing to the church and all this kind of stuff, and, and he was just gung-ho for Jesus. And so he anticipated that this man's mother was going to say to him, say, man, you know, what a great thing you, you and your church have done for my son, But when they get together with this man's mother, she looks at Kyle and she says, I need you to tell my son that scripture teaches mediocrity, you know, or or, um, moderation in all things, you know, because he doesn't have to be sold out to Jesus like this. You know, a little religion's good, but this is just too much. And Kyle said that he got rather angry as he started to think about it. He said, you know, no, I, I can't tell him that scripture says moderation in all things because it doesn't. It says that if you want to follow after me, you've got to take up your cross and and lay down your life and follow me. So it's really an all or nothing kind of proposition. There are instances where, where God's word and perhaps the word of a parent is going to disagree. And at that point, we do realize that parents don't have the final word on truth. That position belongs to God and his word only. And so I guess in those instances, what we're left to do is to examine their advice and their experience, perhaps, and learn from that. Learn from that, from their wisdom or the wisdom of God's word applied to their life. And either way, you'll be blessed. Because you can gain years of experience by listening to your parents, watching their example, and then comparing that with the truth that is found in Scripture. So that's part one there, is to listen. The second part is this, is that at some point, listening to our parents isn't enough. We've then got to decide we're going to seek God's truth for ourselves. Proverbs twenty three twenty two through 25 continues. It says, Buy truth and do not sell it. Buy wisdom, instruction, and understanding. A, a good summary of this lifelong learning process is in Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1 through 5 where it's written, My child, if you accept my words and treasure up my commandments within you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, if you indeed cry out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek for it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. The Proverbs writer is pretty clear. He says, listen, if you seek God, if you seek his truth, if you seek wisdom, you will find it. God isn't gonna hide it from you. God isn't gonna make you do more than you need, but you have to seek for it with everything. And at some point, we have to make that decision that we're gonna, you know, we're gonna continue to listen, but we're gonna start to search for God's deep truth for ourselves. And when we come to that, it's gonna be a lot like this. We're gonna have to cry out for insight. We're gonna have to strain our ear and train our ear to listen for the truth of God. Because there's a lot of information in the world and a a surprisingly smaller amount of insight and wisdom. You know, I wrestle with this myself because there's so much information in the world we live in today. There's so much information. You know, we think about it in terms of the internet. You know, we've got this whole thing out there with all of this information. We think about it with news media. You know, it's not like enough to have the 5 o'clock news and the 10 o'clock news. Now we've got 24-hour news channels, and there's actually several of those uh, all running at the same time. And it's not just enough to have the person telling you the information. You've got a ticker tape on the bottom running all of the other news that's taking place at that point in time. And it's just this huge information overload. It, it's not just in media. It's even in, like, the grocery store. You know, in 1976, you know how many items the average grocery store stocked? 9,000 items. is it was all any average grocery store stocked. Now there are 40,000 different kinds of items. 40,000 different kinds of items. This means that if you want to buy, say, a can of beans, you go to the bean aisle. You know, there's a bean aisle. And there are several (laughs) kinds of beans you can get. And then there's several brands of those beans. And you can get them in cans or you can get them in bags. Or you can get them pre-made, mixed together, or, you know, reconstituted or frozen. I mean, there's a a bazillion choices. And so if you're going to just come out with, like, one thing, you've got to reject 39,999 other things (laughs) to get the one. And that's how it is. There's all of these options and there's all of these offerings and there's all of this information. If you want to know something about something you don't know, you don't go home and look it up in an encyclopedia. Kids, you you may not believe this. You used to be able to call the library and talk to the reference librarian and ask questions. It was like the the precursor to Google. You would call them up and say, what do you know? And they would tell you. They would. They would really used to tell you these things. They, They might still. I think they've all gone bankrupt. But anyways... You know, nowadays, if you want to know something, you look for it up on Wikipedia or Google. And all of a sudden, we feel like we're experts. We know everything because we read the article on, you know, about.com. And that makes us, like, a pro. You know, you think about, like, buying a car, right? Buying a car. You're going to buy a car. And so so instead of talking to your parents, getting advice from them, you say, you know what? I'm going to figure out all I need to know about buying a car online. And so you type in buying a new car and you've got you know, 100 blogs there about how you can buy a car and 10 easy steps outsmarting the, the salesman game. And then you get on, you get on Kelly Blue Book and, and cars.com and Auto Buy Trader and all these other websites and, and you even you know, get a subscription to Consumer Reports and so you know the, the value and the model and all these things and you have a, a bunch of information and you feel thoroughly equipped to buy a car. Now, it, it, that sounds really great but if you go ask your parents say, hey, what kind of car should I buy? Their information is going to be a little bit shorter, but it's going to be a lot wiser. They might say something like this. Well, how much can you afford? Well, then maybe you should set a budget based on that. And then find yourself the car with the lowest miles for the price. Well, that's not nearly as exciting as looking on cars.com and, you know, consumer reports. But that might be a whole lot wiser. Where do you get this information? By people that have traveled the path ahead of you. And yet we don't like that. But we need it. We need wisdom because it guides our experience. And hopefully wisdom alters our choices because our choices and our actions and our decisions will eventually define who we are in society. Proverbs 20.11 says this, Even children make themselves known by their act, Whether what they do is pure and right. Proverbs says this, you know, for a little while you're going to be known as your parents' kid. But at some point in time they're going to say, no, I know them by their actions. I know them by their decisions, by their choices. And if people look at you and your decisions and your choices, will they say that is a wise child, a wise person? Or will they say they've got a lot of information but they don't know much about anything? We've got to make good, wise choices. Wisdom secures your place in society. You might be born into some sort of privilege, but Proverbs makes it clear that a slave who deals wisely will rule over a child who acts shamefully and will share the inheritance as one of the family. If your actions define you as foolish, whatever advantage you had to start out with will be gone rather quickly. And yet, despite whatever disadvantage you're born into, if you act wisely, you can overcome those things. How do we get that kind of a wisdom and experience? Well, we search for it, and we listen to people who have traveled the path we want to travel. Um, I, I live out of town. Most of you know that. And I live on a, a country two-lane road. It's pretty busy. And we have people over to our house from time to time. And it's funny because whenever people come to our house, I always like to give them directions because GPS puts you about a mile down the road from our house. And so I'll talk to people, and they'll say, hey, you're going to come to our house. And they'll be, Yeah, we're going to come. And I'll say, hey, let me give you directions. And I'll say, no, 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 I, I got GPS. I'm good. I, I know that. I, I know you got GPS, and I know it's going to get you close. But let me tell you, GPS doesn't get you to my house. It gets you close, but not there. So just let me give you directions real quick. And so I'll give them directions, and it's not normally real long. It's pretty short, but I can always tell who listened who didn't because I usually know what car they're driving. And I'll sit on my front porch, and I'll see them. About the time they're supposed to come, just go, just drive right past. And and you can start your watch. It's about four minutes. They get down the road, and then they turn around, and they usually come back and pass it one more time. And then generally, I'll get a phone call, and they'll say, "Um, you know, I'm having a hard time finding your house. Did you follow my instructions? Well, I, I wasn't really listening when you said that because I, you know, I, got, I got a GPS <laughs> and uh, I thought I would find your house. See, that's how we like to work, right? We, I can do it myself. I can figure it out on my own. I can do all this myself. I, I, can, I, I don't need your help. I don't need anybody's help. I don't need to know. You know, I live at the house, okay? I'm going there at least once a day, okay? I'm going and I'm coming back. I know, real, like, of all the things I'm an expert in, I'm an expert on where I live. Okay? I really know that better than any of you, except my wife. She can get there better than I can. I mean, I, I really am. I'm an expert. But yet we reject that. We're like, no, no, no. I got this. I'm going to do it myself. And, and Proverbs is so clear. Listen, you can do it yourself, but wouldn't it be better if you learned from somebody else's experience? That's the key. We've got to listen to our parents' advice. We've got to seek the truth. If we do these things, we will live righteously rewarded. Proverbs chapter 23 uh, 22 through 25 at the end, it says this, the father of the righteous will rejoice greatly. Why is that? Because a father rejoices when their their child is seeking God and living in a healthy and productive way. And you know what? If they're happy, that means that you are living a, a life of happiness as well. And, and so let's, let's try to live this way. The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. He who begets a wise son will be glad in him. Let your father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. Proverbs 2 echoes the same thing. Uh, Right after uh, we're challenged to listen to our parents' instruction and cry out for insight, this is sort of the summary. It says, For the Lord gives wisdom. From His mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk blamelessly, guarding the paths of justice and preserving the way of His faithful ones. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity and every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Prudence will watch over you, and understanding will guard you. You know, I, I wish I could tell you that there are six easy steps to successful life in Christ. That there are six easy steps to wisdom. That there are six you know, foolproof life hacks to being able uh, to, to display you know, productivity and righteousness. But, but it doesn't work like that. Scripture's pretty clear that there's a narrow way and it's a difficult way and that there's few that find it. The Proverbs echoes this. Proverbs 28, verse 7 says this. Those who keep the law are wise children, but companions of gluttons shame their parents. In other words, those that follow the law, follow the rules, follow God's teaching and say, you know what? I'm going to adopt God's law into my life because I know that's the best way for me to live. And I know that's the way that honors God and helps me to be productive and helps me to, to, to be somebody that finds the fullness of life. But but there's one word for that, really, and that's obedience. And we don't like that word. Eugene Peterson wrote a book called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. You probably didn't buy that book because its title doesn't grab most people. A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. As a matter of fact, when he went to print that book, his publisher said, you can't call it that because nobody likes the word obedience. People don't like the word obedience. Could we do something... Instead of obedience, and Eugene Peterson said, "You know, no, because like following God is a long obedience in the same direction. That's how life is. Things like obedience and submission and integrity are exactly what lead to success in life." Proverbs fifteen five says this: A fool despises parents' instruction, but the one who seeds admonition is prudent listening to your parents not only gives you greater joy in life, but it brings them joy as well. Proverbs fifteen twenty is our last verse here. says, A wise child makes, glad, makes a glad father, but the foolish despise their mothers. Friends, it, if we want to be wise, let's borrow from other people's wisdom. Let's borrow from other people's experience and gain years of experience simply by listening, not having to live the hard way. Let's live righteously and righteously rewarded lives by seeking wisdom and listening to the voice of wisdom. And let us be glad as we walk along God's narrow way together. And kids, this is free advice, and I've said this before and I'll say it again. One of the best ways you can make your parents' day is simply by asking this question. Mom, Dad, can I have your advice on this? Seriously, try it today. There is nothing that warms a parent's heart more than being asked by their child for insight. Saying, I want to know what's right. What do you think about this? And let me tell you, one of the best ways that parents can help, especially younger people, is by helping them understand other people. You know, people come in all shapes and sizes. Some look good and some sound good, but really aren't. And, you know, parents having walked that path of life Probably have a little more experience in dealing with people than others. And so that's what this week's family challenge is about. You've got a hyperlink there in your uh, handout there for committed families this week's challenge. And uh, this week's challenge involves uh, floating diet sodas and sinking regular sodas. It's it's a lot of fun. I will tell you it works, except for some reason the Dr. Pepper I tried did not sink like it was supposed to. So. Just, uh, you know, we want to all have success in this, and uh, so don't try it with Dr. Pepper. There you go. That's, that's the only caveat I wanted to put in there. But you try this out, and it's provided you a great opportunity to have discussion with your kids. Uh, I've enjoyed these. I've enjoyed these uh, challenges with my family. I, I hope you have uh, yours. Uh, but, but really, you know, uh, the older I get, the more I appreciate my parents. As I make sacrifices for my children, I realize the sacrifices that my parents made for me, and I'm incredibly grateful and as I travel the road of life, you know, I appreciate the lessons that I've learned from them and still continue to learn from them. And so I would challenge you, whether it's your parents or wh- maybe your parents are gone, you say, you know what, I've got somebody that's like a spiritual father or a spiritual mother to me. That's great. Wh- whoever it is and however you do it, let us gain years of experience by listening to our parents, even if it's our spiritual parents. And if we do, I, I guarantee you that our life, as we walk down that path together, will be far easier from their experience let's pray gracious lord we thank you for the way that you help us by by giving each other's experience to share lord i i do thank you for the experience of those including my parents who poured into me and helped me to find out things a a much easier way than having to make poor choices myself and lord this morning as there are people here who are struggling with all sorts of things lord whether it's a difficult relationship with their parents. Lord, for them, I pray that you would help them to apply your word uh, to their lives and gain knowledge and wisdom from their experience. Lord, for others who perhaps maybe shut out or rejected their parents but uh, need to make some sort of reconciliation, I pray you give them the courage to do that. But Lord, for all of us, Lord, we're, we're here because we're seeking you and we're seeking wisdom. And so, Lord, would you at least honor that this morning as we seek you you tell us that those who seek will find. Yes, Lord, may that be true today. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. This morning, we come to our time of decision. And uh, I just, I'll let you know that we've got several families who intend to join the church this morning. And we'll be coming forward to do that as we sing this song. And perhaps that's you. Perhaps you're saying, you know what? I want to be committed to this family here at Bowling Green Christian Church. If that's you, we'd love for you to come forward to make a confession that you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And if that's you, we'd love to welcome you into this fellowship. Others of you have never received Jesus. You've never been baptized into His name. And and you're saying, you know, I need to receive Christ. It's hard to have a committed family if I'm not committed to Jesus. And that's a decision you need to make this morning. Whatever it is, we'd love for you to come forward. Make that decision. And if that's not you... Let's sing the song in worship as we prepare to come to the table together. Please be standing as we sing.